just a tiny little trash can with a tiny little bag that it got from the grocery store. Every boy has a ton of loose coins sitting on the bedside table, totaling less than six dollars. Every boy is doing okay, but I never seen a boy's room that's doing great. Every boy has a huge glass of water in a souvenir cup. From a sporting event, every boy hangs his towel on a thing that's not meant to be for his towel. You gotta get yourself a towel back. Every boy has one piece of art. Um, okay, so welcome to Infinity Lessons, everybody. We're here with Lenny DeFranco. What up? And myself, Brian Pisano, and we also have a special guest here today. Uh, a renaissance man. He's a musician. Uh, he tweets. He does stand-up comedy. He hosts shows that I used to work on and got me jobs on, which was great of him. He's a good friend. It's Matt Bukley. Hello. There he is. Hello. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. No, no problem, Matt. Um, thank you for coming on. Yeah, of course. We're doing the Terry Gross thing. Yes. Gross. It's speaking softly. <laughs> it's your favorite <laughs> hospital. <laughs> The one I work at. <laughs> good, good open. So what is your favorite hospital? Um, yeah. You are a person who is very much online all the time. I yes. know that because I'm constantly communicating you using that. Yeah. That communication infrastructure. Yeah, I'm very online. I'm on, I'm online all the time. But you are, in spite of that, you're a very positive influence online. I feel like <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. Um, and I want to know how do you do it? How do you maintain that level of positivity? Yeah. In, in this world of horrible tweets. I mean, I definitely have a very love-hate relationship with the with the internet. You I think we're all pretty good as adults that grew up with internet. We know like when something's bullshit, we know when something's like stupid or like the intent behind it is uh not necessarily malicious, but like the, it's just to cause hell. It's like to tank something or to like and it's you, just and like you, think you it's see things like there's what's the point of this? Yeah. Why are you doing this? I don't yeah. need to follow until it becomes like a threat or I'm not saying ignore bad things, right. but kind of way like how much do i have to pay attention to this shit because it sounds really right, stupid yeah. and it sounds like so you have a more you think it's because we are digital natives and that you had that filter turned on earlier I think, so that you flex that muscle a little bit i think yeah i think that's like, literally the reason yeah i think our generation is the only reason that the internet isn't completely fucked because you know like there was that study that came out like less than a month ago about all the fake news that it's being shared on Facebook and it's all, it's like a yeah. strong majority is people like 60 and older right, yeah. or something. I can't remember the percentage, but it's like a, an absurd amount. There's a and it's not, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously there are people our age that are stupid doing stuff <laughs> and like trying to cause chaos yeah. or unknowingly causing chaos. But it's a lot of these people that can't differentiate, oh, this website's absolute fake. Yeah, it's just yeah. a garbage made up website. Like our parents' generation largely can't distinguish that. And that's a, that's a real thing. We it definitely remember. is one of those biggest social dangers that faces us. By the way, the internet has totally broken our brains. Mostly the older among us. Yeah. Uh, well, because they weren't just prepared for it, according right. to uh, Mr. Buckley's thesis. I uh, think that yeah. I, I agree with that thesis. And I think there's two things. One, we can just with practice comes some sort of competence and, We've gotten so good at consuming massive amounts of information totally. with a certain velocity of information and content that it's easier to pick out um, like patterns and you can tell when something seems awry. Totally. You, it, there's also a, like I was thinking the other day about what's the most trusted news source that I trust. Like if something shows up in The New York Times, would I trust it? And the truth is. I probably would, but it's only because of corroboration. Like corroboration is the best news source 
to us who just consume it so much. With old people, they're used to reading things off of pages, or that was their like intellectual mm-hmm. formation. And pages don't have an agenda. Screens have an agenda. We know that screens inherently have an agenda because we're so used to pop-ups, and like we know that our clicks are being targeted and yeah. you know and being tracked. So I think that by inter- like just the fact that when you're reading something from the news, we understand that this is a real two-way relationship, mm-hmm. whereas people who are, grew up on analog methods of reading don't quite understand that as much. No, I think it's a really good point. I mean, we don't even think about it. Like when you go to a website, when someone like sends you an article or something, we don't even think about it, but we immediately know if it's like not a reputable source. It's a, it's a matter of like the types of ads that are there. It's a yeah. matter of the type of link and like the header image, everything. And well, we don't even we do that in half a second. And we, we also, go, this is not a legitimate newspaper, or this is not a legitimate right. uh, author. I've never heard of this person. They, like, you know, you, yeah. we just do that where other people don't like the older generations don't really think about that as is, much. Isn't it funny to have like that like kind of fear reflex when you end up on a site that looks really janky? Yeah, it's not even like an aesthetic distaste. It's like, oh shit, my credit card number is gone. Yeah, it's like, oh, it's all gone. Like, yeah, it's been yeah. sucked into the void. Well, that's actually an interesting point because I think. Also, even if we, most of us can filter out on that first level, that Twitch reaction of like half a second, mm-hmm. not Twitch streaming, Twitch reaction, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, which Lenny and I will, will go on record here, might start a Twitch stream. <laughs> really? Is that something you're thinking about? Doing? I don't want no, to do it, but I'm just joking. Uh, okay. Lenny and I do. People don't need, <laughs> to, see, get this people don't need to see Lenny and I, I really, cases. I really want to start a Twitch stream. Oh, maybe you Sincerely. Play we'll play a, do a Mario I, Party I would Twitch love stream. to be like the guy for Nintendo that just talks and plays video games. <laughs> it's great. When <laughs> I, when game. I stopped work, well, I've been unemployed for like three, four months now. And I'm I'm doing you know jobs here and there, but like a big thing was like I should start a Twitch stream, and yeah. I started trying to figure it out, and I was like, this is not gonna happen. Like, yeah, it's not. There's no <laughs> Never way mind. this is worth this it. This is too hard. Is, it, yeah. is anyone working on an encrypted like cam site where you could either like <laughs> I don't even like, know just cannot be recorded? I would be like a cam person as long as I knew it wasn't, that it wasn't the footage wasn't getting saved somewhere. Yeah, but are okay. I'm I'm associated with Twitch like, with cam. Yeah, <laughs> but like. I'm not. I'm in a position now, kind of like talking about encryption and and Telegram whatnot. I don't care at all, and maybe that's for the worse. But I think we. Are, it's too late to care. I think. I think it's too late. To, we've already lost the battle of yeah, the privacy, privacy battle. Yeah. And I'm very like comfortable with that. And maybe that's bad. Maybe I'm in the wrong. And I'll look back on this five years from now when there's like a huge, you know class action lawsuit or something like (laughs) i do genuinely feel like it's i have nothing to lose at a certain point well you've also gotten very used to seeing representations of yourself you know like okay yeah because because that's what you do yeah so confronting that like for me who never sees my representation anywhere Mm -hmm. when i see a video of myself it is a very jarring thing you know oh interesting so like losing your privacy i think for many people who aren't putting themselves out there is very like jarring like not even on a Mm -hmm. rights level just like a I don't want to see myself unless I'm here looking in the mirror. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Do you ever like put something up and delete it, or like do you ever all the time? Like, yeah. What is the process of being like? I actually, I hate time. that being public. You know? Yeah, I think. Well, it's a really yeah, it's a really good question as far because it kind of links back to the positivity thing and like yeah. trying to stay positive. Sometimes I'll tweet things that I think are really funny, but they're definitely like birth in cynicism. Like it's like a takedown of some type of person that for no reason. And you know when you see that, you're like, you might laugh, but you're definitely like, oh man, that person's mad about something. <laughs> and sometimes I'll do my version of whatever that may be, whatever's like pissing me off. And I'll immediately be like, man, that's not cool. Like, it's not that funny. And like, maybe it'll do okay, but it's like, you don't want to, I'll delete shit all the time. Yeah. I so hate not be negative. Yeah. I mean, I think you can be negative. I think 
yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with like criticizing people, especially when it's just like, I definitely do that all the time. A lot of my songs are <laughs> making fun of some kind of trend or some kind of thing, but there's a difference when it's like, feels more like you're attacking something and you're just sitting there like I'm mad. It's, yeah. it's just sadder on the internet. It's one thing if you're on stage and talking about something like that, but like, I, I don't know. Sometimes I'll look back and be like, oh, you just sound like a grump. Like, don't even, you don't need that. And I don't like clean sweep my Twitter page. Like if things are kind of duds, I don't necessarily delete them because of that. But I definitely do that too occasionally. Have there <laughs> so, been any duds that you thought were amazing that you're like, God damn it, I love this one. What, I'd have, like, like, have to like, what did you insist on the, and you're like, this is good. <laughs> yeah. I stand by this. I tweeted, <laughs> I tweeted a thing on my way here about, uh, <laughs> And I'm definitely gonna delete it. <laughs> but it was like, it well, was the like, tweet will live forever. I don't know word podcast. for word, but it was a joke I thought was really funny last night about uh, how like the government will give you a better tax refund if you're married, but they won't give you a better tax refund if you're out like having sex and hoeing it up. And I, <laughs> and, I and I like was wearing that on the way down. I was like, this is so good. And it just like and I tweeted it and I got on the train and I was like, like sometimes you you feel really good about a joke. And I like tweeted it, got on the train, and when I got service back, I had like one notification. I was like, that doesn't seem right. I clicked it. I had like two likes. I was like, I got to delete this shit later. <laughs> it's still up. It might be killing her but right now. But about, I I'm going to go like it. Puku, let me tell you something. I post stuff all the time. Yeah. Zero likes. Oh, <laughs> no. Dude, and that's the thing. But, yeah. but, you, but that's what I kind of want to get into next is that you, you've been sending, you and I generally, or the background of our friendship is that we started out working on a show together. Yes. Um, me doing the tech for that show. And then we just kind of kept correspondence up digitally. So we like, mm -hmm. we only see each other at best once a quarter. I think, it, it, and that's being generous, but like, yeah, we communicate on a semi-daily basis. Yeah, I talk to you almost every day. Oh, exactly. So we have this interesting relationship where a mm -hmm. lot of it is just, and a lot of that is sharing jokes back and forth in the course of our friendship, which is about four years. Yeah, like you have gone to just like figuring out how to just like pick a spot and be like, this content is gonna smash online, <laughs> and, and and yeah, you, you drop it, and then it. Uh, so, like, where, did you figure That's out, was there something in the process? Like, where did you figure out how to, to use this platform? First of all, it's nice of you to say, because uh, I always feel like I'm just, like, figuring it out. Like, I've definitely been, like, trying to make an effort to write jokes every day, probably dating back to, like, when we first started hanging out, like, four years ago. And, yeah, I just, like, slowly been getting, like, more of a following. But also, like, knowing that Twitter is not a career, it was just one of those things where I was like, I just want to have, like, a portfolio of funny things. And if I have a funny idea for a video, I'll shoot it real quick and put... I just want to start, like, making more stuff. And then, like, in November, I had a couple of videos do extremely well. Like, better than anything I've ever done kind of well. And and I've gained... Like, my following in the past four months alone is, like, quadrupled in size. And now I feel a lot more, like... Not pressure, but I definitely feel, like oh, there's this certain way you have to write jokes now. And there's a certain thing that people have come to expect. Like that joke I tweeted, the, the Ho Ended Up joke, I tweeted that and a dude replied to it and said like, when's your next song? It's <laughs> like, oh. Uh, it's like, hey, dude, play a song for me right now. He's <laughs> like, I don't need to see this garbage. Uh, uh, yeah, so like I'm getting to that point where I'm far, far, far from famous on Twitter, but I'm like, people are like, have expectations and will actively say like, delete this and give me a song and I'm like okay <laughs> well I guess you know what the people want then <laughs> I guess yeah I don't know I I try to do things that I find funny first and foremost and yeah it's anything that happens is just interesting exciting so yeah. but you, you feel like you've almost learned the language of the platform like you've a learned what will do well because you're like okay yeah. if I do if I go outside of those boundaries then I might get um I'm like kind of a little bit boxed in by what the stuff that I've put on here previously yeah a little bit I think 
uh, something in general, in, like in my creative process, not even just like Twitter, like anytime I'm trying to make something or write something, I've been really, and I think it's really helped me a lot as a writer is I try to think of like how I go on Twitter when I'm like just looking at things and what I scroll past and kind of ignore. And that's like something I'm trying to be more mindful of is like, you might have like a funny idea, but if you're writing it in a way that's like, like, you know, the kind of shit you like swipe past on Instagram stories and you know, the kind of stuff that like, and I guess the goal is not to like, you know, have a very, very successful like Instagram story or something, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> yes, like, like if I have a funny joke <laughs> idea, I try to craft it in a way that I would look at it and be like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Does that to mean me. making it like snappier or like, yeah, I think so. Is that just, so you're just talking about like the editing process, but yeah. that's the persona you're kind of like adopting. Yeah. I think shorter, it. dude, I yeah. think shorter is better in almost every medium, truly. Like, and I've always thought this, but like in the past year, I've really been aggressive about it. Cause the thing is like, no one ever leaves something and is like, it's so rare that people leave something and are like, oh, that, I wish that would have went like another uh, <laughs> 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. So many, no, I work so many shows people, where I'm like, this is, this I go show see bands. Yeah. Long. I'll go see a band I love and I'm still kind of by the end of it, like, yeah. we got to get out of here. Yeah. Like, it's been, yeah, actually, <laughs> it's been a long time. Well, it's kind of like one of your tweets that I loved recently where you're yeah. like, you're like, oh my God, like you, me at the museum. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll uh, karaoke one of your tweets. Sure. So you're like, and, or uh, paraphrase it. You're like, me at the museum. Oh my God. Like the the this artist didn't start working with Clay until he moved to America in the fifties, and then he really got influenced by these other people. And then, you know, two hours later in the museum, looks into a room. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it's that, I get it. The quality difference between the tweet and that retelling is about the same as karaoke. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, you're right. No, that was I did, you did it justice. You no, did it justice. We should all I quit the podcast. <laughs> no, I, no. This will be the last one. No, but no, that's lessons a, learned. Never say tweets out loud. <laughs> no, no, you can. Especially, yeah, I appreciate it. Well, and any publicity is good. Yeah, that's right, <laughs> including the bad publicity. But but no, but to your point, yeah, I do feel exhausted from like yeah, anything that's too long. You know when you're feeling tired and you're like just shorter, quicker. Like I'll send videos to Brian that I'm like excited about I'm like do you think this song's funny or do you think this like concept's funny and he'll be like yeah it's pretty good and then i'll literally like delete half of it like i'll go back yeah. and re-edit it and be like i just cut to this part and he goes oh yeah that's i guess that's like, <laughs> so i like can't even look at it and it's my thing and i'm like i don't think anyone's gonna watch this you know one minute 12 second video and that's short but then i'll cut it to 30 seconds and i'm like i guarantee it wouldn't have like people wouldn't have liked it as much yeah. or like shared it if it was the full long boring. what is the um what is the like minute long? Like what even, what concept is it that you're putting out? It's just like a lot of like, okay. So a lot of things I do are like, I'll do the thing that really got me kind of like going on Twitter was that I was doing these musical parodies, like parodies of Broadway musicals. Okay. And they were always like around a minute long. I don't know. It's kind of like, this is the, this is the song that you hear at the end of the show, or this is the song that, or this is like the moment right before the couple has sex in the show. And it's like, I, I would like do dialogue over me playing piano. What are you doing in here? I should ask you the same thing. <laughs> well, some party they're having downstairs, right? Yeah, the mayor, he sure knows how to throw a good ball. Look, I don't want you to think I was coming around looking for you or something. You know that, right? Of course not. And I don't want you to think that I wanted you in here in the first place. Of course not. All right, so that's settled. It's settled. I guess just when I'm surrounded by so many people it's hard not to focus on just one specific and then they say this part together person two three four and you know they can go however long you want and but i also do original songs 
And those are the ones I really try to keep tight because no one knows what they are. I think original work, no one looks at ever. Mm. Because cause like, you don't know what to, like if it's a parody, well, you, you can like grab into yeah. it and be like, oh, I know what tropes he's doing. But if you're like, here's a song I wrote about like Netflix. It's like people, like you already don't want to like watch, especially if you don't know me, you know, yeah. you're not going to click that shit. So I'm just trying to be like snappy quick. And I'm well aware of like the corniness. Like it's so, it's such a fine line of being like, oh, this is a really funny song to being like, this is really cheesy. And that's something I'm like always like, I'm like, oh, is this just really lame? Or See, though, is this that's like- what kind of leads into my next question though, is that you yeah. put those things out confidently and they do, in my mind, at least the ones, particularly the musical parodies are yeah. funny to me because I don't like musicals. Sure. So it's like, I, I think you come from it from a space of, you really you do like musicals. I love musicals, yeah. Yeah, and so you're a very musical person. You like musical plays. I yeah. don't, but to me it's funny because I'm like, oh, I, you're making fun of this thing that you clearly have a very intimate knowledge of. Does, yeah. that, does that make sense? I think it comes from, I think what makes yours... It's he, he, the art that you're making seems to be a little bit more from a genuine place, even I if think it's so. even if it's tearing something down, you know, yeah, like, if, or so. making fun of something. And and I'm not even like a like a musical theater diehard. Like people that are really into musical theater, as you probably know, are like they really know their stuff. Yeah. They could tell you every song on every cast recording. Like the first like musical video I did that went kind of viral, all these people in the replies were like, because it was just titled. Uh, all musicals sound like this to me. And it was just a very generic, like modern contemporary kind of musical. And all the people were replying, like, you clearly have never listened to Sondheim, or you clearly have never <laughs> listened to that. And people were like literally linking other things. And yeah. I was like, I've, I, this comes from a place of love. It's not like I was just like went to one musical and was like, fuck this stuff. I'm going to go. Like, like I listen to almost every, you know, cast recording that comes out each year. I, I enjoy the genre. Um, and I just like songwriting in general. So like, I never do anything from a place of like, this is really stupid. It needs to go away. It's more of just like, you know, and that's the reason why I think those things do well is because everyone knows those things and like expects yeah. those songs to sound a certain way. So yeah. it's fun and light. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, did you ever do like a musical or are you, are you going to write one one day? Uh, I, I didn't really do musical theater growing up. I did, I did two musicals in high school, my junior and senior year. I kind of was like late to that party. I was like, Oh, this looks fun. But I, I was like joining cast with people that like, that were, that was like what they wanted to do for like their, you know, living. And, uh, I, uh, I've always been like an admirer, but I never really did a lot of plays or anything. And then I went to college and started doing more like comedy stuff, but yeah. I would love to write. Yeah, I, I've written one feature film that's supposed to be kind of like an animated thing and like in the realm of like a Pixar Disney feature. Mm-hmm. And I wrote like six songs for that that is just sitting there. You know, I don't I don't have anyone to like pitch it to. But <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to do more stuff like that. Like a dream job for me would be like writing the music to a Broadway musical that a very, very funny, smart person was writing the script to. You know, that would be a dream. Like, that would be perfect. But All right. Well, I think we have our 2019 project all set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, make some calls and set it up for yeah. um, John and I tried to, well, I told Lenny this earlier, but John and I were tr- considering trying to write a, a musical mm-hmm. about, it's called Chappaquiddick, but it's to the music of yeah. Mamma Mia. Yeah, I think you told me yeah, about this. <laughs> and I was like, Bukley, are you in? Can you score it? Yeah. And then we watched Chappaquiddick, and it's a pretty depressing movie, so we we're like, yeah. maybe we shouldn't do this. I remember <laughs> when you told me about that, I was just kind of like, huh. You're like, huh. <laughs> um, you know who that appeals to? <laughs> exactly the audience of this podcast. <laughs> no people. I'm always talk, trying to shorten things to less right. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, noted. But that's No, it's a funny idea. It's... 
I like yeah, I, I'm not working on anything musical right now as far as like bigger than like funny little videos. So I do kind of miss working on a bigger project, but I'm sure something will come along that I'll be excited by. Some idea and I'll work you, on it. But, you do yeah. have an album though out. A I do, non yeah. non comedy album yeah. which is on Spotify. I, I do I release music under the name Bouchelle and it's uh it's you know very unsuccessful but (laughs) (laughs) i like it but uh, no thank you that means a lot but it's like it's you know it's i've always been and i was like a musician before i really started getting to comedy stuff and uh yeah it's like electronic uh like singer songwritery kind of r&b i don't know how you describe it um but yeah i i never really set out to be like an artist artist like i never like spent time trying to like go do gigs and, and promote it which is you know kind of lazy but you know i like i like producing music of all types so well, I mean, but you've also kind of hacked that system a lot, like a lot of other people too. I think in the internet age, where it's like you kind of we, you and I used to go to open mics together, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, well, actually, it's probably more productive that I just start cranking stuff out on Twitter yeah. and get better at that. And then now you've been be able to book shows that way. So as opposed to just yeah, it's it out at it's kind mic. of insane. Yeah, because we used to go to open mic. Did you do like open mics and stuff? Or? No, we I were supposed to do it. That was a resolution to do one together. We should. We still got to do one. We can do it. I got to write all my jokes. I'm gonna. <laughs> I gotta start that's at least now. that's at least you know that that's the problem it's like yeah sometimes you go to open mics and it's like no one like I, I i used to always go to these mics some with brian some on my own and i just like what does everyone want out of this what is everyone doing here because it never felt productive to me i would like spend time writing a set i'd go up no one would be paying attention uh, I'd get some laughs. I wouldn't get any laughs. It, it always fluctuated. Never felt like I was like improving or like learning. Yeah. And that's basically what you said. It's like, I just was like, I could get so much better at writing and I probably could get more attention just sitting on the internet and making things that, you know, like I did a show this week for the, I haven't done like a live comedy show in maybe like a year. And someone asked me to do a show this week. It was kind of like storytelling stand up, and it was the most fun I've had on stage in so long. And it was great. And I was like, Oh, maybe you should spend more time doing this. But again, it's like you can be multiple things in this day and age. Like I only got that show because of the stuff I was doing on Twitter. Right. And again, is that what I want to spend all my time doing? I'm not sure. But I think you can figure it out. And like you just can't you can't really grow at open mics, I don't think. I, I, well, and I know a lot of people would say otherwise, but, you know, there's obviously the networking aspects of things like that. But you really need to, like, spend some time figuring out what you want to be doing and how you want to be delivering it to the world. I feel like though I've seen so many more people book now just because it's like, yeah, if you know somebody, if you're friends with somebody and you go to an open mic via that, then that's probably the best benefit you're going to get out of it. No, and maybe just finding a group of supportive people, which is impossible to do generally in New York. Um, Yeah. I can tell you as a person who used to run an open mic, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was actually pretty, I don't know. We had some good people come through though. Um, yeah, you used to do it. You used to be really good stand up. You used to do your no, shows, no, and yeah, you had the what was the show called? The one you were doing the Lower East Side. That was oh, really good. Soup yeah, those were always well attended, yeah. and and you guys were always great. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun two years. I don't know. I got tired of it. Yeah, you I get it. I mean, it's like I get it. I didn't really feel like I had anything new to say, so I was like, all right, well, what? And I didn't feel like I saw the other people who were grinding it out in a good way and mm-hmm. like did that and like got some validation or kind of. A reward from that process and i was like well i don't know if i'm yielding that anymore if it's yeah. wor- you know it's like if i'm willing to put that level of work to get that level of return i, I have so much respect for like the people w- when i would go to open mics more often and see people that were like leaving and they're like we're going to the 9 one over here and then we're all going to go to the 11 one like they were hitting up like three mics a night and i was just like i'm like too tired and i don't think i'm like that interesting so i would be like i'm not gonna spend my like tuesday night going to three different open mics it's crazy just to get it but like i think i think you can get better like that it's just 
yeah, you got to decide, do I really, really, really love this? And is this what I want to be doing all the time? Because then it's, you know, it's exhausting. Like, especially if you have like a day job and you have to, you know, and if, you, if you're, God forbid, you're like drinking at these things, it's like, you're just going to be, not, you're going to burn out so quickly. Yeah, it's yeah. not sustainable. And a lot of places you do have to get a drink. Like, it's easy. Yeah, Even some of these, required, yeah. They're like, come on, get a drink. Like, yeah, exactly. Just, just sit in a bar. I would go to open mics and, and get like seltzer and feel like such a dick and be like, I'm just sitting here drinking my seltzer so I can get three <laughs> minutes at the, and it was just like awkward and I didn't like it. I, I don't know. It related, is, related to the idea of how much work it takes, have you ever seen someone totally put on a style that is not native to them and that does not come naturally to them, but they adopt something or, you know, that, and they just force into making work and like put in the hours for it. In, in what sense? Like in stand up specifically, you think? Or like yeah, I think like, uh, yeah, like people who start, they want to be like screaming comic guy, oh, but they're really saying. not pulling it off. And then you just see them like again and they, you know, that they're doing that like three times a night. And they just literally work themselves into being good in that thing yeah. that they're trying well, to do. Well, I think, yeah, I think anything. Is like like the more time you spend doing something, you're gonna get good at it. Whether it's stand up or character work or you know, it's just like, yeah, it's like I was saying. It's like you just have to decide like, is this the thing I want to do, and is this how I want to do it? Because, yeah, if you hammer something at a thousand times, you're gonna get better at. It. People will accept it for what it is and become familiar with it. And yeah, I don't know. It's just I don't think it was for me. I don't think it was like my specialty at all. But, but. you know, I, I want to I got to shift gears for a second sure. because I want to talk about the first show that we ever worked on because I'm just having vivid memories of meeting Richard Kind again. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you do we have any funny anecdotes? I'm trying to think back from that first from show we worked that on. That show or that show any because that was the first one and I just remember it being a packed and b that Richard Kind was there and Richard yeah. Kind is one of the funniest like. Well, Tyler and I still talk about that night because. Okay, so, <laughs> so okay, my buddy Tyler Branch, uh, very funny dude, he co-hosted a show with me called Matt and Tyler Show, and Brian was the tech. And so our very first show was at the pit, in the pit basement, if you've ever been there. And I don't know if it was sold out, but it was very, very crowded. Yeah. Tyler, I, I was doing a little bit of stand-up at that point, but not much. Tyler literally never performed, and we booked two guests. Uh, one was Lauren Adams. Lauren Adams, um, and she was great. And the other guest was Richard Kind. And I don't know why Richard Kind agreed to do it. Because we, we said it in the email to like, this is our first show. Like, it'd be great if you could do it. And he immediately emailed back and was like, sounds great. I'll be there. And we were like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, we don't even know what the show's going to. Like, if we I had, remember, there's no test run. You just have to go and be like, oh, shit. Like, I, I hope we're not embarrassing. <laughs> I remember getting the email that Richard Kind. I was like, the guy from Spin City? Like, the, <laughs> that Richard Kind? The, uh, yeah, dude, he was so goddamn funny. And. It was like a panel type show. Basically, like Tyler and I came out and did like 10 minutes of comedy. Then we showed a video and then we basically did like a 30 minute, essentially like a podcast with the with all four of us, Lauren, Richard, yeah. me and Tyler. And we were every show had a theme. And I believe that one was shopping. And we were debating, like, is it better to shop in person and like support like local businesses? Is it better like shop online? This was years ago. Like before, this was before before Am Amazon, before became, Amazon yeah. decided to take over New York. But City, it was really right? fun and it was really crowded. It. And I just remember being like. There's something when you do live shows like that where you're just like, well, this has to not suck. Like, we just have to do this and, yeah. and not be like, you know, crummy. It has to work in some capacity. And it was good. And we ended up doing like five or six more. But, um, but yeah, being around Richard Kind on that first show was so wacky. I was like, I can't believe you're here. Was <laughs> this like, our rinky dink basement uh, show. Like, and that was the thing. We got the emails back from him. And I remember you forwarding them. like, this is we're getting catfished. Like this is actually Richard, the Richard kind. And then I saw him. I was like, "That's Richard kind." <laughs> That's yeah. Him. I've never been more nervous about something just because it was like my name was on it. We had like a guest that was like 
Like, I mean, he's not like a list celebrity. He's a pretty. Most people know who he is. Yeah, Whereas, like, I it's hard. Say, it's hard to book anyone for a show here that anyone knows who they are. Like, right. unless you're deep in the comedy scene or something. Like, right. so he was like a huge, huge guest yeah. for our very first thing. And I was like, if this is like a bomb, I'll feel like Dude, I'll, I'll just have to retire. I'll have to leave New York. For <laughs> like, that show, for that show in general, not just this one in general. Uh-huh. We also had. Ahead, ahead of time, well, behind time and ahead of time. On one show, we had R.L. Stein and Phoebe Robinson of yeah, that was a good show too. That was great of Two Dope Queens. Whereas yeah, that like, was before. I think was she was she was dope, doing Two Dope Queens at the she time, just but she it, she had not. Yeah, she had like just started the podcast. Like right. the HBO deal was years ahead. Like right. it was she was so good on that show, and R.L. Stein was so funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, the show was really fun. We did it for probably like six or seven months. We did we tried to do like one every month. Um, and I like that format. That was fun. I think that's better suited my my sense of humor than doing like stand up. <laughs> that's that stretch of time in my life. Sometimes I look back at it. It's like remember the year that you met uh, Richard Kind, yeah, R.L. Stein, and then um, also what's his name Screech from uh, Dustin, Diamond. Oh, Dustin, Dustin Diamond. Diamond. Yeah, that yeah. was with Rogowski. Yeah, that was on Scott Running Rogowski Late. Show, yeah. Who is now the host of HQ? Or is he still hosting? HQ? He's still hosting HQ. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I I know they're not like killing it like they used to, but. It's still like I would like checked it out the other night, and they still have like a couple hundred, three hundred thousand people watching every show. So that's it's like you're a good audience. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. yeah. I mean, it's still like a you know phenomenon in that sense. But. And that was when the when again another thing. I texted you this because when I was watching the Major League B- Baseball All Star Game, they had the celebrity like the celebs oh, yeah. and old timers game. Scott, Scott was Scott on was there, in right? It. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> this is weird. I'm like, I yeah. texted you. I'm like, is he? Is it? at first I saw him, and I was like, is that? Is that Scott Rogowski? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Well, I don't know. You don't know Scott that well, do you? No, no but yeah. like, yeah. I, I met him a handful of times. He's a huge baseball fan. Yeah, like exactly. massive He's a Mets, big Mets fan. fan. Yeah. Huge Mets fan. Uh, I think he played baseball not in college, but up through high school. I think he like was a very, very good player and like was obsessed yeah. with the sport. So like yeah. that was probably like a dream come true. Being in yeah. the All Star, like, that, that was, was probably like that though. was probably like his like dream. Yeah, I mean, it was like the guy who introduced me to Dustin Diamond is now playing in the yeah. <laughs> celebs and old timers game. Uh, yeah, those are weird times. Yeah, I'm let's go back to those times. You want it? I don't no, know. Not really, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a lot more successful and happier. <laughs> oh, uh, I moved on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, no, those were good times. I do like doing. I did a lot more like indie type shows than I do now. Nice. I think that was like the focus back then. I thought that was like the most important thing I could be doing. Yeah, but now uh, it's, I feel like yeah, we we've evolved. But now yeah, I get a bunch um, of other tech gigs. So thanks for that. Yeah. What's next for you? What else you got going on coming up? Um, yeah, I'm not really sure right now. I, I recently have been temping because uh, I have to pay rent. And so I haven't had as much time to like Name. sit at home and, you know, think of stupid videos at my piano. <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, I'm just I would love to like, you know, get like that actual comedy writing job. So I'm just trying to do everything I can to get there. I'm just I'm just focusing on making content and awesome. getting that out to people. I I uh, don't have any like bigger projects, but hopefully I'm going to start doing more shows some combination of music and stand up and uh yeah i don't know i'm just very like optimistic right now and i, I don't know why maybe wrongfully so <laughs> Pro- probably those hundreds of thousands of likes oh this oh, is yeah. one thing I, well, before we wrap up so what is the, what does it feel like to go viral <laughs> <laughs> i will say it's describe like, the emotions like the, bring us along the journey you first publish a tweet and then all sure. of a sudden you see it hit like probably what what benchmark of likes and retweets do you see? Do the, you see? the only thing, okay, so like the first thing I ever did that went viral was the musical thing I was talking about earlier. Right. And it had gotten like a couple thousand likes, which at the time I had maybe 16, 1700 followers. Mm-hmm. So that's like a lot for me. That's a significant amount. I was kind of shocked. I was like, damn, people really like this. And I was getting notifications of like people sharing it that were like, 
TV writers on shows we all know. And I was like, oh, wow, it's cool. Like these other funny people like it. Wow. It was like really rewarding and it felt really good. And I went to bed the night of that, of posting that in the morning. And the next morning I woke up and my girlfriend was in bed and she goes on her phone because I like looked at my phone and I had all these texts from people that were like, whoa, Mindy Kaling, that's so cool. And I was like, okay, something ha- like <laughs> yeah, something yeah, happened yeah. while I was sleeping. <laughs> and I was like, hey, like, can you look at like, I was like, I got up and went to my computer and she was already pulling it up. And overnight it went from having like 2,000 likes to like 40,000 likes. Like, shit. What was it? It was uh, the musical video, the oh, all yeah. musical sound like this. And I guess Mindy Kaling retweeted it overnight. We'll put that up. We'll put that up to close out at the end. Dude, yeah, it was yeah, crazy, yeah. We'll and like I and then yeah. I, my followers went from like sixteen, seventeen hundred to like I think I was like at three thousand at that Damn, point. Damn, so like I jumped yeah. Yeah. like and normally like I get maybe like one new follower a week before this. Like I was not like growing at any kind of rate, so I like doubled my following in my sleep, and it was like <laughs> it was like holy shit! Like I, that was the first time I realized like oh. Now you have like people that actually are looking at this shit and it continued to grow and grow. And so I was like, I got to keep making more of these. And it, it was kind of like a, I don't know, there was no load to it. It was all exciting and celebratory, but it's not like a, and then I, but the, now you feel back. But do you kinda, feel like, yeah, I mean, exactly. since then I've done other videos that have, people are like, give us the songs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it's exciting for sure. I'm not going to lie, but it also doesn't like do anything. Like right. I, I saw a really good tweet that summed up like the worst part about Twitter. And I totally agree. Is like, you can like write a joke that is really funny and people like it. Like the museum one you were talking about, that one got like a hundred something thousand likes. Yeah. And it's like, that didn't really feel like anything. Interesting. Yeah. Like so there's, like, there's demar- marginal diminishing Yeah, because it was just sort of like, to me, it was like, it's a funny joke and I'm really glad people like it. That means a lot to me. But like, it doesn't like mean anything. And, 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 the, and, the, and the tweet that I was talking about, she said something like, I wish I could remember who it was. I'll look it up after this. But like, she said something like, uh, you can have a really, the worst part about Twitter is you can have like a really successful joke and think you did something that day. And it's like, <laughs> and that's, dude, that's right. And like, I would go to bed and be like, okay, cool. But <laughs> like, I, I need to get a job. I need it's, to like, like still it doesn't. Interesting. Still need to pay rent. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So. It's not like you have a viral tweet and people are like, hey, mister, here's a thousand bucks. Like nothing happens. Imagine if that yeah. were like, you're just like, there's somebody out there who thinks wow. once they strike that Twitter gold, that they're yeah. just going to be like, people are going to be giving them money, pat them yeah. back, parading them. Uh, yeah. The next George Takai. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie. Like, obviously, like I booked that show this past week because people like Look liked my Twitter. But it's like, yeah, you have to do, you have to keep, moving you know yeah. you can't just be like hell yeah <laughs> i got and that viral it. video done. Yeah. <laughs> i did it i'm done i'm retiring yeah you have yeah. to like I, there's so many other things i want to do you know the very sanders of tweeting just yeah. getting out early <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um all right well good that answers my question yeah, all right excellent i hope i was not too rambling I hope no no that was great yeah. and then uh, was awesome. um cool. okay so i'll check out um at bouchel matt yeah. bouchel yeah. matt bouchel what's your twitter that's it. It's M A T T B O O B O O S H E L L Bouchel phonetic Matt Bouchel. So it's built differently than the title we'll put up on on the thing. I have to plug. Come on the tours. I'm doing partnering with our old guest, two time guest Lance Bacher and friend, also comedy scene guy on Pretty Good Tours NYC, and we're doing some more tours in March and potentially April. So go to my Instagram, I guess, which I deleted. You I can't you can't plug something. Say go to my thing that I deleted. It'll be on Social there. Be- I'm gonna load it back up. Matt, how <laughs> do you have so many followers? <laughs> By the anyway, way, please go to my a app social media presence I no longer <laughs> yeah. have. Um, because I have an inherent conflict with the way I use it because I have an addictive personality. Yeah. Um, 
And so, yeah, check that out. And more importantly, check out Matt's music and his tweets. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you guys for having me. Thanks this for coming very to fun. Brooklyn, man. Yeah, it's we're we're going to persuade him to live here eventually. Yeah. Well. We're just going to capture him. Because, <laughs> you know what? Honestly, the rent is too damn high, but sometimes it ain't high enough. Oh, no, this has <laughs> been this is a very lovely part of town. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> thank you. All right, thanks, Matt. I'm only here because of a bet or a dare go.